the teaching ministry of Judah Olorimai, a man called of God to compel consecration, provoke repentance, and inspire worship by the preaching and teaching of God's word and the miraculous demonstration of God's power. God's word is about to hit you as light and strength. Get ready for an encounter with grace. And the multitude of them that believe were of one heart. Everybody say one heart. One heart. And one soul. Everybody say one soul. one soul. Neither said any of them that ought of the things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any amongst them that lacked. For as many as we possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that we sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution. Everybody say distribution. Distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. I will be teaching on the subject title Church Bonding. Let us quickly pray here. Holy Spirit, as your word proceeds from your mouth, let it be the glue that binds us together. And let everyone live here with a sense of belonging, a sense of togetherness. And let the unity of the Spirit be achieved. In Jesus' name we pray. Church bonding. Everybody here is, in a sense or in a way, connected to a local church. For some of you it is this local church. For some of you it is another local church. And um, while that is something good that you have done, to be connected to have a relationship with a local church, I would like to let you know that you can take the step to the next level. You can improve your connectivity with whatever local church that you are connected to. It is good that we have found a place to worship. We have found a church to fellowship. We have found a place where we can go and attend service. But you can do better. Because there are many things that happens in the local church that we do not really maximize if we are not closely bonded and knitted together. You have done well by coming to church this morning and you may think that you deserve an award for that. There are many people in your hostel who did not come to church. You may want to praise yourself and say, well, at least I'm trying. Some people don't even go to church. Me, I still go to church. But I'm saying to you right now, there is more to just church attendance. Your church relationship must be the best possible level if you are going to get the best out of the church. First Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 10. Paul wrote this statement to a church. They were seemingly a vibrant church. They were a very powerful church. Perhaps they were also um, a spiritual church 
in some sense. But then Paul begins to appeal to them in verse 10. I appeal to you, or I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. Everybody says, speak the same thing. That means that they were not speaking the same thing. You can come to church, you can attend a church, you can have a church, and not be speaking the same thing with the church. The church is saying this, you are saying that. Listen to me, you cannot maximize all the blessings of a church when you don't learn to bond properly with the church. Speak the same thing and that there be no divisions amongst you. So it's possible you are a member of the church of Corinth. You have an ID card. I attend the church in Corinth. Yet there is a division because people are not speaking the same thing. He says, but that will be perfectly joined together. So there's something called joined together. There's something also called perfectly joined together. You can be attending a church and not be joined together with the church. You can be married to a wife and not be joined together with her. You may wear the same Ankara and lace every Sunday. But you are not saying the same thing. You are not thinking the same thing. You are not going to the same place. There's a wedding ring in your fourth finger. You bear the same son name, but you are not joined together, or you are not perfectly joined together. And it gives us how to measure this joining. In the same mind. You see, it's not enough to just come to church. You must say the same thing. You must have the same mind. <laughs> if not, this reality of being joined together perfectly is not going to be possible. In the same mind and in the same judgment. The word judgment there can refer to opinion, perspective, philosophy, priorities. You are a member of this church, good. You are just visiting this church, fine. You have a church that you attend. That's brilliant. But are you perfectly joined to that church? Are you bonded to that church? Are you bonding with that church? So many of the goodies that God makes available in a church setting is lost out by people who just attend without understanding the responsibility of bonding. What does it mean to bond? To bond is to form a close relationship especially through frequent association. To form not just a relationship. You come here once a week, you come here twice a week, you come here twice a week. That's a relationship. That's good. That's impressive. But to bond is to form a close relationship. How close are you to church? And how close is church to you? I'm not talking about geographical distance. Some of you attend churches just because the church is close to you. Physically or geographically. You don't have to take a taxi or board a bike to get there. But how close in your heart are you to church? To bond is to form a close relationship. There are people here that I have a relationship with. I can say I have a relationship with everybody here. But it's not everybody that I bond with. And that is not because I don't want to bond with everybody. Some people don't want a close relationship. <laughs> I also begin to thoroughly explain this concept. Some people don't just want to be close. They prefer to be distant. For them, church is not that important. Why should I be close to church? Why should I be close to the pastor? Why should I be close to church members? It's not just church. 
To bond is to form a close relationship through frequent association. Some people's association with me is not frequent enough. Some people's association with the church is not frequent enough. You may come once a week. But if you can come twice a week, why not? You may come twice a week. But if you can come every day, why not? <laughs> there is a revival. I call it a revival, and many people have called it a revival. Happening currently in a particular university in the United States. I think it's Hasbury or so. You can probably Google it. It's been happening for the past three days, thereabouts. And people have been in church 72 hours non-stop. Nobody wants to leave. That really happens in a very busy world. You know, sometimes we pray for revival, but we don't know the cost implication of revival. In the early church, where revival happened, <laughs> church was every day. Church was every time. People met not just in the synagogues, they met at home. Home was church. There was no separation from the people and the church. The point I'm making here is, that's how bonding happens. What we read in Acts chapter 4, the church was bonded together because there was frequent association. It wasn't once in a while. It wasn't once upon a time. To bond is to hold together or to solidify. Is your relationship with this church held together? Is it solid? Or is it meta meta? You know meta meta? It's just not too held together. Is it something that can be broken easily? Some of you, the reason why you don't come to church, if you say it, the angels will laugh. Honestly. Things like I was watching ball. Things like I was not in the mood. Things like I mentioned this other one, some of you may feel very guilty, so let me keep it to myself. Especially students. <laughs> but the point is that if your relationship with the church is not solid to a point where something that is trivial or something that is not too important cannot shake the relationship you have, that means you are not bonding enough. I'm close to my wife, but there are certain things I cannot give as excuses to my wife. Because we are bonded. I can't tell my wife that the reason, if I travel, for instance, the reason I did not call her is that I forgot. I can't say that to my wife. I forgot to call my wife. How does, I mean, can you process that in your mind? You forgot? I can't forget to call my wife. As I'm preaching, she's on my mind. As I may travel to Dubai, as I'm preparing the sermon, she's on my mind. How can I forget? You hear things like I forgot to come to church. I forgot. I forgot today was service. <laughs> you know that people are not bonded. <laughs> You're not bonded. Forget. You don't forget what is important to you. You don't forget what is bonded to you. Are you listening to me? Yeah. You don't forget what is one with you. Getting the best out of church happens by bonding. Now, please listen to me, because at this point, many of you may be wondering. Is it very important that we bond with the church? This man is talking about bonding by close association, frequent association. What is important? Should we get close? Why? Is it really important? Now, it is possible to be born 
and to experience life as an orphan. Some of you already don't have parents any longer. But we cannot begin to normalize the exception. The norm is that your parents nurture you. Is that not so? Are we still together? Some of you are used to exceptions and you have tried to normalize exceptions. So, in the last three years, there's been a lot of shift in church culture. Online service, online worship has become normal. Um, doing without a local church has become comfortable. Attending a local church and not saying the same thing or having the same mind with the local church is normal, very normal. Particularly in mega churches. It's very easy in a mega church because you can sneak in and sneak out. Nobody knows your name, nobody knows your face. But that is an exception. It is not the norm. It's not what we read in Acts. Have you ever considered that the church grew, yet there was so much accountability? By the time we read in Acts chapter 4, the text we read, people sold certain things and brought it to the apostles' feet. If you read Acts chapter 5, the continuation of that scenario, Ananias and Sapphira were well known by Peter. When they brought their stuff, Peter asked personal questions. Now, if I ask you a personal question, and you are offended. You are thinking that's not pastor's business. I brought money. Why are you why is pastor asking whether this is all the money? What is the business with that? Now that shows that the bonding is not as it ought to be. Are you listening to me? Yes, if I ask some of you, do you have a girlfriend? You feel uncomfortable. Uh, pastor. That's like, you know why? Because you feel unstrained. You feel it's not of my business. I mean, Ananas could tell Peter, what's your business? I brought money. What's it concern you? Whether I have the full money, I have the money. What's it concern you? Say, I bring money. If I ask you, this tithe you are giving, where you they see him? You get sugar daddy? You may feel that, ah, pastor, why are you, why are you prognosing in what is not your business? Because we have, we, have, we have become estranged to normal principles. The exception is now the rule. Are you still with me? Yes, sir. I'm saying it's, it's possible that somebody is born as an orphan or somebody grew up an orphan, become a born as an orphan. Somebody must be responsible for your conception and your birthing. Or it's possible subsequently you are an orphan. But that is not the norm. Somebody says, can't I serve God without church? Yes, but that's not the norm. Do I need church to relate with God? No, but that's not the norm. Let's not make the exception the norm, please. Church bonding is a vital part of the Christian life. Church is not just a place you go. It's a family you belong to. Church is not just a place you attend. I am going to go and do service today in Winners. Next week I go try redeem. Church is not a place you visit. It's not a place you go like that. It's a family you belong to. And there must be that sense of family. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 2. 
Paul speaking about his consolation, and you can also say it is the consolation of God. Fulfill my joy by being like-minded. This is what gives God joy. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Philippians chapter 2 verse 1, please. So that you can see the background of the conversation. Paul wrote this in prison. Are we still together? He was in chains when he wrote this. And he was saying that if you want to help me, you want to relieve me, I'm burdened, there's trouble in my soul. Well, I am not in the best of conditions. But if you want to relieve me, if there's any consolation you can offer me, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, beyond just praying for me and giving me dangerous seats, be of one mind, be of one accord, have one love. That's my consolation. For Paul, being in prison was not enough to break his heart. But to know that he was in prison and his church were in division. We're not united. It was heartbreaking. It was heartbreaking. For God, there are not too many things that break the heart of God. I am a father. I know what it feels like when there is division in the family. It is heartbreaking. If I see my wife and parents quarreling, I will be miserable. Play, play, fight, too. Parents, they cry. My mother do chakara for them. Say, leave me, John. I'm your daddy. I feel they cry. Because my consolation is that my family is together. Are you getting it? God is our father. His comfort, his consolation is that he sees us as a church, as a people together. There is no joy with God when he sees us apart, fragmented in pieces. There's no joy. There's no comfort. As a pastor, I know what it feels like to hear of divisions in the local church where I oversee. I'm heartbroken. So you have sentiments of bias where people feel like they don't like me in that church. They don't love me. They prefer that other person. I am heartbroken when I hear things like that. I have taken personal steps to even avoid certain things because I must never send an impression of a bias. It is, it is, because I know how it feels like to be heartbroken when somebody feels loved less. So if there's any consolation, if there's any comfort, if there's any fellowship, be of one mind. Bond with the church. It makes God happy. Tell your neighbor, bond with the church. It makes God happy. In Ephesians 4 and verse 16, we read about the fact that there are certain nourishments and supplies that cannot happen without bonding. From whom the whole body joined and knit together. Now, the whole body must be joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. In other words, every joint does not supply effectively if there is no joining and knitting together. Let me tell you this, and I will hopefully re-echo it again. I've been a Christian for the past 18 years. I have always known. Listen, I've always been a church boy. Even when I was not born again. I was born into a preacher's house. So church was just a normal friend. If I have any regret as a Christian today, it is that I wish I was more bonded to my church. I always tried my best to be bonded to my church. But if I have any regret and any desire 
concerning my Christian life, I would say, I wish I can be more bonded to my church in previous years. When I was growing up as a teenager, I wish I was more bonded to my church. You know why? Every resources of heaven is usually distributed in this place called the church. And it is such that every joint supplies what everyone needs. But that can only happen when there is a knitting and a joining together. It says, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the defining of itself in love. The body grows not just collectively but individually when there is a joining, a knitting that allows for a supply from every joint. In my 18 years of being a Christian, I can tell you that everything I need to survive, to succeed, is always in the church I attend. Are you listening to me? Listen, some of you don't know this, but check, check the pattern. The, in, the, in, the, in the season where giants in God are made and formed, where great men rise, men of stature, men of timber and caliber, it is always a product of strong knitting together of local churches. Now, the word local church does not mean village church. It means localized church, a church in a locality. Do you understand that now? Yes, when we say local church, we say, ah, me, I'm not local. Ah, I church is not local. See them now, we'll be international center. What I mean by local church, or what theologians mean by local church, is a church in a locality. Everybody say locality. Is that clear? Because there is what is called the universal church. The word of Christ spread all over the world, but there is a local church in a specific locality. Now, it is not a coincidence that the early church produced giants. I mean, men who were strong in God. But why was that so? Why was that possible? How did men like Timothy rise up? How did men like Priscilla, Aquila and Priscilla, a couple like that, rise up? It was because the church was in a particular state that supplied every nourishment to every joint. For instance, a man, Apollos, was quite zealous, but he was not able to communicate the gospel in a more perfect way. The solution for Apollos was not that he received help from a strange place. The church in his locality, the believers in his locality met him. I said, you're doing well, but you can do better. Let me supply what is lacking. Are you listening to me? I've never been a Christian whose major source of nourishment was from external supplies. And I've, I think I've attended only about five churches in my entire life. <laughs> five churches. For some of you, the number of girlfriends you have had and the number of churches you have attended, there is a connection to it. Seventeen, seventeen. And for some of you, it's not your fault. There's been a lot of relocation, relocation, relocation. For many of you, the problem is that you don't really know how to put your bomb bomb down put your buttocks down and burnt. 
I got born again in a church called Chapel of Life. My father pastored that. Um, I got into university and I attended Rama Chapel. I got into my national youth service year and I attended Gospel Faith Mission International Government. And then I came back to Rama Chapel. How many churches is that? Four. Three, actually. Rema, Rema, Chapel of Life. That's a Chapel of Life. Life and Power Chapel, sorry. Life and Power Chapel. Three churches. Pere, everybody say Pere. Pere <laughs> seems to have a fascination with Yoruba language. We have been trying to teach him take, he refused Nagba. He said, he said, Gba. It's by legs. We have been trying to teach him thank you. He said, no. He said, Ashe. He will say, Ashe. I don't know his plan, no. <laughs> God will help us. <laughs> anyway, I was saying that. I've attended those three churches. And I can tell you that in those three churches, it is not that I've had what you may refer to as the best of supplies. In Life and Power Chapel, I was the keyboardist. And um, my father was the pastor. So in all honesty, I attended the church because my father was the pastor. I don't think I really had, that was, I, I had not made a decision to say, okay, this is church I want to attend. My father was pastor. I mean, you just have to attend. There was one day, one church had the audacity to say, they were giving me 20K. I should come and play keyboard for them. And in my foolishness, I actually considered it. So one day I woke up in my right senses. My father is the pastor of this church. And somebody has the audacity to ask me to come and play for his own church with 20K. And I'm even thinking about it. I'm very stupid though. I told myself, what, what is wrong with you? But obviously in those early years of the Christian faith, I did not really understand church bonding. And I could easily have been swayed. But maybe the influence of parents kept me back. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. When I eventually attended Rama Chapel, as you must have it was more of a personal decision. Based on the personal conviction. And in those years, there were bad times. I remember very clearly where someone should be going on and I will feel like going home. Because I'm not feeling the preacher. I'm not feeling the preacher. I mean, the music was always great, but I don't like what's happening from the pulpit. Um, times where the person leading prayer, I feel like the ground should open and let me enter. Then when he finishes his prayer, I will come out. Because the way he's praying, I am feeling for him. Oh yeah. I am feeling for him. See, I'm, I'm saying that it's not, my commitment to the church has never been a function of perfection. Everything is said. Is that I have understood the principle of church bonding. But I can say that despite the lapses, and the lapses were not all the time, but the few times that they happen, I have not lacked any vitality. I have not. I have continued in the growth process. I have continued in the perfection process despite the shortcomings of the local church. The church I attended at my NYC, we, when I got there, we were just about 12. And the family of the pastor is about 5. The man was a former policeman. 
he was very, he was a very um, unlearned man with respect to scriptures. <laughs> Some of the things we heard in church those days, we'll just say thank you, Jesus. Because we, even though we, we were not the pastor, but we knew better. But witness me, there was a bond. There was a strong bond that did not show any, or didn't allow for any deficiency whatsoever. I'm not saying you should go to churches where there's no emphasis on doctrine or there's no accurate doctrine. I'm saying, going forward, it is not about the perfection of the environment. It's about your attitude in the environment. Are you listening to me? Everything you need is in your church. You don't believe me because you have not put your bum bum down. And I know you come to church. And I'm not saying come to church. I'm saying when you really get bonded. That's how polygamy thrives. A man marries a woman and feels that there are women that have things his wife does not have. (laughs) So he begins to commit adultery. And after a while, he notices one woman is not enough, two women are not enough. He tries the third one. He tries the fourth one, the fifth one. Then it becomes like Solomon. Then he say, eventually, he say, I'm waiting in a vanity. Now, he, he could have learned that lesson if he put his bum bum down and stay with one woman. But he, he believed that maybe if I go somewhere else. And then you keep going, you keep going, you keep going, looking for what is not lost. No, the problem is put your bum bum down. Are you listening to me? Church bonding affects so much. I'm not a voice against special meetings. I'm not a voice against listening to other or fellowship with other local churches. I'm saying that fundamentally you must see the church where you are as the place where God provides what you need. Listen to me. Growing up as a member of the Lord of my family, we were very poor. But what thing stuck in my heart and that was that I did not choose my family. I didn't decide to be born in this family. If God decided my family, He will supply what I need in this family. I don't have some of you, even in the natural, you, there are there are godfathers that you have esteemed more than your biological father. And maybe your biological father is not a good man, or is not the best of men. But I'm telling you that when you were very little, we're not wise enough to think for yourself. God put you in a place. Now you are a big boy. Remember that the God who put you in a place ordained you to thrive in that place. Are you listening to me? Perez is in a family that may not have all the riches and luxury of this world. But God chose his family for him. If Perez put his bum bum down and say, what can I learn from mom? What can I learn from dad? He will discover that everything he needs will flow from that family. Every value he needs. Except in extreme cases where parents are idolatrous, not godly people. Some of you, I'm telling you, the prayer of your mother will work more wonders than the prayer of your pastor. I'm telling you for free now. Yeah, because God who put you there knows what he's doing. Oh, you, 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 you don't understand that principle. And you're not bonding. 
let me answer a very quick question here. Why people don't bond with their church? Why people don't bond with their local church? The first thing is what we have been echoing in previous minutes. There is no sense of belonging. Some people don't have a sense of belonging in their local church. I know what it is to go to a church, maybe just attending an event, sometimes to minister, and I don't feel among. Maybe because out of nine songs, seven of them were Yoruba. I was in a meeting yesterday, and I was tempted to tell them, because now only Yoruba and they sing for here, and it was a student fellowship meeting. I felt that if I told them like that, they would be too sad. You know me, my mouth can be very sharp. So I just left it. They sang the first song, Yoruba. They sang the song, Yoruba. I told myself, if I'm an Igbo student, I won't come here. I won't, I won't feel well. I won't feel. There's no sense of it. That's why we tell churches there's a wisdom in administration. You, you, don't, you don't always speak a different language to the people. Or you don't always have... Um, you don't always create an impression of narrow-mindedness and expect everybody to flow. Are you still listening to me? So some people, maybe because of cultural sentiments, that's just an example, that's not a justification, please. But because of cultural sentiments, there are churches, there's a church in Nigeria called Kwaibu Church. I'm not if you heard that church before. Kwaibu. It's only for Kalababu. You go there, it is if you go there and you are not a member of that part of the nation, you will be lost. Kwaibu Church. Now, of course, there are applications in unique cultural settings where certain languages are best used to communicate the gospel. Are we still together? But as much as possible, one of the things we must learn is to create an environment that everybody can fit into. Especially in a church that is multicultural, diverse. A church that everybody can fit into without feeling left out. But some people don't have a sense of belonging. They come to church, but they feel that this church, I'm just attending. I don't feel among. Some people feel too different. I remember some years ago, some people were asked why they cannot come to our church. And they say, ah, the way they dress in that church, ah, if you don't get clothes, you know if you go. Some people are turned off, knocked out. Like that. It's a problem. It's an infirmity that we may not be able to solve totally. But that's why some people don't bond with their local church. They may attend, but they don't feel among. They say, ah, in this church. I mean, there was a church in Lorraine. I don't want to mention the name, but People who attend that church, there's a particular swag that they had. And if you look at them, if for any reason you visit the church, they can intimidate you with their swag. And you may not feel like bonding. So I'm saying this also so that we can be very careful in making everybody comfortable and making everybody feel at home. There are things you can do that can turn people off. We want everyone to come here and feel like they belong here. Are you listening to me? Irrespective of their gender, their educational background, their 
spiritual maturity levels, come here and fill among. Well, the first reason why people don't born in the church is because there is no sense of belonging. Number two is that there is a fear of accountability. Many people don't want to be accountable, so they don't want to bond. If pastor know me like this, he could use me to preach. Are we still together? Yes, Are you still listening to me? Yes, if you don't want to bond because you are afraid of accountability, it is a testament of the fact that there is evil in your heart. John chapter 3 and verse 20. Jesus, in the context of salvation, said something that we can borrowed, borrow an implication from. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be what? Verse 21. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that is, this may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. When I get to a church environment and I notice people are avoiding authority, the first suspicion is you are doing something wrong that you don't want the authority to know. That's why you are hiding. If you have not seen, if there is no skeleton in your cupboard, come on. It should be an open paper. Are you listening to me? Every one of you here, if you are a church member, I should not hide my house address from you. I should not hide my phone number from you. I should not hide my personal space from you. Some of you are walking to my house without telling me. Hey, just enter. PJ, I can't say, oh. There's nothing to hide. Are we not family? Can I enter your hostel without knocking? Bro, you know the girl, bro. Pastor, what is the fine for here? You'll be my bro now. That's what I define for here. Ah, so we are your bro. Are you listening to me? Yes, the idea of the early church, where the church met in their houses, shows the intimacy. That church happened in everybody's house. Abandoned. Ah. But some people don't want to be accountable. And sometimes it could be because of their so-called natural personality traits. I don't, I don't just mix well with people. But sometimes it could be because you don't want to carry the cross of accountability. Say, okay, I'm submitted to the church. The leaders there know me. There are some people if they want to marry. There are some people who will not be finding out about them. Because aside from a marriage ceremony, nobody knows anything about you. Aside from the opportunity now to attend your wedding, nobody knows anything about you. You are just, you are a member of the church, but then you are so out of touch. And it may be because <laughs> what are you hiding? And if you are not hiding anything, then come out. Every church I attended, I mean, this is me. This is me. The church I attended in learning is mega church. Remember, mega church. I just I didn't have access to the pastor. I look for somebody I could I could submit to. If I'm sick, everybody knows. If I'm not in church, people know why I'm not in church. Many of you, you you see, you have idolized the freedom. Me, yeah, I want to be free. Oh, make I do my thing. Make nobody they monitor me. The pastor could check people. Put people WhatsApp status now. The thing where I post now, they come they meet me. They send me voice notes. I don't want that kind of thing. 
Now, let me tell you this. You are not really going to be discipled from afar. There's no distance learning discipleship. The, you know day for Christianity, you know day. Say I'm a student, but I'm a distant learner. I'm a, I'm a distant learner disciple. You know day for Christianity. You know? I get our own campus is distant campus. What? There's a name they give it now. This this are learning center campus. You know day for Christianity, you know day for God of Christ. And you see, God has God has designated the church as the structure for discipleship. There's no you cannot be discipled discipled by any other means except the local church. You can't <laughs> try it. <laughs> you can't. The apostles were discipled by Jesus. They had to be a close knit relationship. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, a fan of Jesus, that one day. But to be not child and groomed by Jesus, you will have to, you will have to sleep in his house, travel with him. There's no other way. There's no way. Are you following me? But some people, you know, this generation of freedom. I want to just be on my own, no, because it's giant shorts. More work, more fun, you're free, more lonely. But before I marry, more fun, card. Sorry for those of you who don't speak Yoruba. I'm just trying to enter another realm. I come, I go. There's no fight in church, no problem. I don't step on anybody's toes. Nobody step on my toes. I give them offering and I go. You give them offering. See your mouth. Give them offering. Who is them? <laughs> you hear the way people talk. You just wonder. The church is not a place you attend. It's a family you belong to. Church services are family meetings. Amen? Amen. Church services are family meetings. But some people don't want to be accountable. Some of you, for instance, uh, your father, your, I mean your natural father, he must not know what you are posting online. Because if you call it Bing Kimuri Kilo Wabai. And you, you, you know that that's not good home to you. You know that that's not how your father trained you. You are, you are writing something. That's why. Why should you? Why should you? Number three here. Some people don't want to bond with their church because they claim they are just there temporarily. It's just a temporal arrangement. I'm just a student for the next three years. And in that vicinity, there's a, call, there's a church called Rema Chapel that I'm attending. You still see your pastor here as it's just the person pastoring me while I'm a student. Once I finish school like this, he can't be my accountant. Why I don't know him. It's just that now that I'm a student, he's the one that I'm using to do pastor, my official pastor. <laughs> and I see this thing every now and then. <laughs> I was telling one of our sisters who was lamenting to me about the state of many of our brothers. And I told her, I said, many people here don't give me the impression that I'm their pastor. What the, the way they treat me is that I am a student who is a pastor. Not the way, no, I have small stature. Amen. Yeah. I know that I have small stature, but I am not as bad as Brother Paul. Brother Paul must have been maybe half my size, maybe not, maybe two thirds. In those days, they were giants in the land. I am not among them. I know because general, no problem. But, by the grace of God, I am what I am. 
and the people who have benefited from my ministry don't have two aids. They don't have two aids. They just recognize the gift of God and say, and I'm, I'm talking about not even people in my vicinity who have been greatly blessed. Why some people believe that? You know, I'm a student. So while I'm in school, there's a church. There's one place called church. They, they call it Rema Chapel. Now there they go. You get one guy there with their pastor. That's how, they, that's how they behave. There's no sense of accountability, bonding. There's nothing like that. Many people think because it's a temporal arrangement, I don't have to bond. Now, that's not a good perspective to have with respect to the local church. When I was in my NYC, it was just one year, but I mean, I bonded. I bonded. Serious bonding. I used to go to my pastor's house twice a week. My pastor's wife was a granite merchant. We used to eat granite, granite soup, granite meal, granite. Anything we can make with granite. Coolie, coolie, everything we can make with Sometimes in a week you can eat granite in five different forms. Bonding. That's so funny. Of course, was I continuing? Will I continue in my granite devouring after I leave it? I served in a place called Kebi State. Do you know where that is on the map of Nigeria? Do you know where Kebi is on the map of Nigeria? Some of you don't even know the state called Kebi. When I received my NYC call-up letter, the first thing I saw when I saw Kebi, I began to recite state and capital. I did not honestly know where is Kebi. Then I began to check, where is the map of Nigeria? Where is Kebi? Okay, just before Sokoto. Ha! So there's a state like this. But I got, I didn't say it. I was the president of my fellowship, the couple's fellowship. I didn't say I'm a papa, a popo, a popo, I don't need any job. I, I submitted. Look at church. Submitted. The man had about two daughters, Sarah and Leah. They believe that if you wear attachments, you are going to hell. We'll sit down, we'll just, just, just argue, argue Bible, argue Bible. If you use lipstick, you are going to hell. We'll talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. I saw one of them two weeks on Facebook. Attachment, everything. Ah! Won't get one, won't get one. Bonded it. I've changed their mind. After maybe, how many years? 2013. They used to have a fellowship. <laughs> Let me mention you. Remember the fellowship? His name is his own Pastor Lazarus. And he used to teach a lot of all those doctrines of people that went to heaven in a vision and you brought matches you didn't return it, you are going to hell. You know, and the, the church was an affiliate of the, of the fellowship. It was the point they brought a boy who drew demons. This boy is anointed to draw demons. I said, ah. And <laughs> but I will sit down with them and talk and say, this is not the truth. We we'll talk and talk about when it's getting, when the pressure is getting... I will not drop it. Say, don't worry, tomorrow, continue tomorrow. But, they, but look, I look at their life today and I say, thank God. Thank God. This was just one year. This was just one year. But I didn't hold back. I didn't hold back. Are you listening to me? Nobody's going to be here forever. You think I'll be here forever? <laughs> you, you really think I'll be here forever? You have looked at me as this one. I'll come and show you good there. And that's possible if God chooses to. 
But even now, you already know that. Even now, I'm not here all the time. Imagine and I say, because I'm a temporal pastor here. Actually, when Reverend John told me to come here, he told me, you'll be here for a short while. Just a short while. I said, okay, sir. Short while, now don't enter five years. It's still a short while. I've still a short while. Point I'm making is that if I now say I'm a pastor and I'm pastoring young people, most of them are students, this is a temporary arrangement. I'm not going to bond with them, Jerry. I'll just come. If I feel like preaching, I'll preach. If I don't feel like preaching, I will look at them. I'll just say what I want to say. I'll say my mind. No preparation for sermons. No labor in doctrine. No labor in intercession. No availability to minister to the people. I'll just do it anyhow. Maybe I'm just there for a short while. How will you feel? How will you feel? Can you say because you are here for a short while, you are not going to be bonded? That's not an excuse. That's not a tenable excuse. Are you still listening to me? Some people do not bond to their church or bond with their church because it is not a popular brand. Some folks only bond with popular brands. If a church is not popular, they don't want to bond. I know that I'm currently having some measure of um, influence in some, some small way. And I've seen these same people. Everybody said the same people. Who knew me? And I was in a career with one of my big sisters um, last week thereabouts. <laughs> so she was telling me, he said, I listened to your sermons. You have not changed. She said, I listened to your conversation. You still have the same emphasis, the same, the same passion. I said, not changed. I said, yes, sir. I said, well, I'm surprised. I'm like the ancient of days. My father. But I've seen people who, in the beginning of my ministry, were not bonding with me. And then, by the grace of God and the small, small mercy we are collecting from God, some level of influence is now beginning to happen. And they say, I know Peter. You know me? <laughs> you, you know me? I know him now. He used to be the head of my department when I was in Illinois. One woman from Germany was talking to me. He said, do you know this brother? I mentioned his name. I said, I don't know him. He said, ah, he said he knows you. I said, well, he said, he said he's in Germany with me here. I said, really? And in my mind, I said, if you blow, they go know you. If you know blow, even the people who know you, they go deny you. That's all I be. And for some of you, that's your mentality. You don't identify with church or, or burn with the church until it becomes a popular brand. And let me ask you, the churches that are popular today, if the members waited for them to be popular before they burn with them, would they ever be popular? The churches that you feel are superstar churches, mega churches. If the member said, well, until this church blow, I don't want to have anything to do with them. Will they become what they are right now? It is cheap to bond with the popular. Anybody can do that. The real test of loyalty and faithfulness is when the church is an infant state, when the people are just small, when the name is not yet global. Some of you, I patronize you even when you don't have logo. When you have logo, I cannot feel form to see you. Because when you didn't have logo, I patronized you. Amen. 
there are some of you here. In my days of little beginning, you identify with me. If eventually I start flying private jets tomorrow, I won't see you from say, Sister Vivke, I won't. I will leave my luggages and publicly come and hug you. And I will say, ah, this guy is very fortunate to see now this part of the hugger. But in the days of little beginning, they are the with me. So in the days of plenty, of course, of course. But for some of you, I know you. And on that day, I say, right up, bro. Right up, ah, pastor, right up, bro. I'm going somewhere. I won't do that to you. I won't treat you the way you treat me. But I'm telling you that if I do that, you too, you won't be happy. But what are you waiting for? You are waiting for the brand to, the brand to go global. Before you now begin to bond. <laughs> nah. It's not the right approach. Are you listening to me? Yes, Bond to the church. The church I attended, government. The size of the church is just this altar. From this place to that. No, it's not to that place. Move to this speaker. That's the size of the church. Amen. Yes. Of course, government is a natural, nat- national brand. It's a very popular church in Ibadan. But that branch particularly. It was the smallest in the environment. And everybody knew that though they go government. Huh? Where government there? You got one narrow building like that. Now there the church. How did they find there? That's what they say long ago. Everybody knew my church. There was no shame. It was not about the building. It was about the people. It was about the love. It was about the fellowship. It was about the communion. Are you listening to me? One last reason here why people don't bond with their church. Fear of rejection. If I go and greet the pastor and he does not greet me well, Unko, let me just stay on my own. No. This usher now, if I go and meet her and say, Sister, where do you want if she thinks that I want something? That's a realistic, or that's a common problem. But please let it be clear that. You must not define a church by the actions of one, two people. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Some of you went into a service and you did not like the way the usher treated you and you generalized and said, that church, the way they used to treat people there. But that's not a fair thing to do. Fear of rejection. Some of you are very, very soft. If somebody rejects you, you can become depressed. Say, ah, don't worry, let me just be going, small, small. No bonding, nothing. We'll meet in heaven. But the fear of rejection is not a good thing. I can imagine the apostles not wanting to come close to Jesus because they were afraid he was going to reject them. I can imagine sick people not coming close to Jesus to get healed because they were afraid he was going to reject them. But they took the risk. Sometimes you just have to take the risk. Take the risk and say, what would it cost me? I will try. At least I made an attempt to bond. We are sitting now with somebody. Look at the person sitting down to left and right. And tell the person, I'm not afraid of your rejection. I'm not afraid of your rejection. Tell the person, I will bond with you. Even if you don't bond with me. I will force the bonding. As a woman, when you are seated beside them, even to turn your neck, fear could they catch you. Because the way the person they look like saying a war, 
I sat down beside one woman one day in the church. Our own case was even very different, but very interesting. She had a full daughter. And then, Reverend God was preaching. Then I noticed that she was trying to write every scripture. I said, this one, no, no, they preach. No, no, they preach. You will write 120 scriptures. You are trying to write scripture. Papa, write points. Just write, or write one way you remember. So, every two minutes, you look at me and say, which one did you quote? Do you know she exhausted her booklet and asked for extra sheets? I had to tear paper for her from my own daughter. <laughs> Reverend John says that church is like Noah's ark. You know Noah's ark? There are elephants, there are mosquitoes. There are different kinds of rishi rishi church. Yet we have to bond. There's elephant, hippopotamus, crocodile, and other day Noah's ark. And we are going to the same place. Escaping the flood of life. <laughs> and we have the point. So the fear, I know as a pastor, I have fears of rejection. There are things, for instance, I want to preach about. I'm saying, if I preach, I'm hey. <laughs> say they don't go to say hungry, they catch pastor. Hey, God, what's here? Go talk. Give me wisdom. If I teach, say they don't go talk, say this pastor don't need secure. If they ask for respect, if they ask for honor. But I have to teach it because it's the scriptures. And I must not withhold anything good from you. But sometimes, the way you're looking at me, I'll say, hey, I can just keep that point. Next point, I beg. Everybody goes through the fear of rejection, but we have to do what we have to do. And still burn. Are you listening to me? There are ways you can help me. There are ways can. But I'm afraid to ask for your help. So you, you have to have an attitude that makes it easy for people to ask for help. For people to feel at home. For people to feel they belong. The fear of rejection is a very strong reason why people do not bond in churches. I want to just say this in passing and go on to the next statement. Every one of us here, in all honesty, would prefer that our church bonds with us. The church is a living organism. You will prefer that this church bonds with you. The question now is that, are you reciprocating what you prefer? I, for instance, as a representative of the church, you will not want to see me outside and attempt to show that you belong to me or that you are part of my life and I like, make, give the impression that, no, you okay. You won't like it. You won't like it. You won't be happy. There are people I've met, strangers, who I don't even know I know. And then I meet them, I greet them, or they greet me, say, where does sir? And I'm like, do I know you? They say, hey, hey, not really, but I, I follow you, sir. I say, what's your name? They say, okay. sometimes I say, okay, thank you for coming around. Or thank you for introducing yourself. Everybody wants that sense of belonging from the other person. But are you giving it? Would you like it if your church denies you? If your church treats you like, we don't know it, we don't know them all. Would you like it if you run into trouble and they say, who can you call? And I say, I won't try to call my church people. And then nobody shows up for you. Would you like it? Would you like it? Even the day you need it, there are people who have come to this church twice. The first time they came, 
they came to wet ground. Everybody say wet ground. The second time they came, they came with letter. Say, sir, I'm a member of this church. I want to do my IG. They say I should bring letter. After they signed letter, they didn't come again. <laughs> but imagine if in the day of help, in the day you need help, you need somebody to stand by you, and your church says, no, we don't know him. How would you feel? Are you, are you going to be comfortable receiving what you have been given all these years? Let me mention here, in closing, how you can bond with your church. Four or five points, and I'll be that. And then we'll do some practical bonding. Everybody say practical bonding. How many of you want to bond today? You are in a bonding mood. Bonding mood. I'm happy, I'm happy. The hands are very encouraging. How to bond with your church? Number one, acknowledge God's role in planting you in your church. Don't think that you are in the church just by coincidence. God planted you. God led you into church. You can't bond when you don't even understand the divine hand that walked you into that place. Not all the details will be clear why you are in this church. You may not know thoroughly why you are here at this season of your life. But the future will confirm it. But understand that God brought you here for a purpose. You are going to bond better when you see the church as a divine gift. When you see the pastor as a gift of God. When you see the environment as the temple of God. Once you remove the God implication from church, it's difficult to bond. When you are going to church, you see yourself as going to the house of God. That will help you bond as a child of God. But once you see it as just, I'm going somewhere to worship, I'm going somewhere to attend, you can't bond well like that. I have brothers and stepsisters. And we don't all agree on the same thing. Wura and Precious. Caleb and Joshua as my siblings, or those are my siblings. My brother, elder brother, immediate elder brother, is a lawyer. He's into a lot of activism. He's also a singer. We don't agree on many things. My eldest brother is a writer. He's also a philosopher in a sense. We don't agree on everything. But every time I remember that God ordained us to be in the same family. I want. I'm a pastor. You know what it is to be a pastor? Amongst some great guys. Great guys. You see my brother. Deadlocks. Now let me slim because now let me the fast. Guys are. You see them are proper guys. Proper guys. Like proper guys. You will, you will start crushing immediately. Proper guys. My eldest brother talks so softly. Say, Judah, why don't you... Now my egg now my egg Why don't you... For me, I talk like this. But uh, when I remember that, now this family God puts me. I bond. Are you following me? I bond. 
my youngest sister, precious. Yellow papa. Some of you have seen her. Ye- yellow be son. Sometimes when I see my sister, who I want to your sister. Ah. Eh? Nobody you put us together. Nobody skin bring us together. Now God put us together. So Nasuebi. She is a young lady. She's in that juvenile mood. I mean, she does. I just said, oh, no, because it's my sister. Just they do. They play. Yeah, my sister. I cannot disown her. She can't disown me. <laughs> when you understand that God brought us together, you will be able to bond better. Some of you have siblings that, honestly speaking, normally, you, you are not supposed to identify with them publicly. A guy, a bad guy. Well, now your son name. <laughs> if you decide, I go comment on all your posts, bro. Where do? The same son name. I didn't know. I didn't know. But now your brother, my brother. <laughs> what are you going to do now? You are brought together by God. What are you going to do? Are you listening to me? Bonding is better. When you understand the divine role, God brought me to Rama Chapel. I was planted here by God. The people here are my brothers and sisters. They are my immediate helpers. I don't have to look far. I have help here. Don't tell your neighbor and say, you are responsible for my life. If anything happens to me, baby, now you then go, though. Oh, yeah. And the truth is that what I said is true. If, for instance, there's an emergency now, a medical emergency now, we, we are responsible. Even if it's your first time here. Once you are standing, we are responsible. So understand this church concept from a divine planting perspective to help you to bond better. Number two, be responsibly available. I gave a definition of bonding and it reads, bonding is a form of, or to bond is to form a close relationship, especially through frequent association. Be responsibly available. Family meetings should be attended by family members. Be available and be responsibly available. So, be responsibly available is that you may have to make sacrifices in making yourself available. Coming early to church, staying active in church, being awake in church. Don't just be available. Responsibly available. You cannot get the best out of the church if you don't bond with the church. And you bond with the church by being available. How available is the pastor? Measure your availability with that standard. It's not every time I feel like being in church. Sometimes I really feel tired. But I'm available. Family meeting without the father is not reasonable. But without the children is also not reasonable. Everybody has to be on board. Be responsibly available. Come to church, attend every service, prayer meetings, teaching meetings, bonding meetings. We had a bonding meeting in December. Where Sister Victoria was fighting karate. How many of you have seen the memes? 
There are some people you don't know until you attend some kind of meetings. You know, some people <laughs> say that, bro, you know, they play. Now, because now they pray, I meet you, they come for. We come pray, now we don't come play. Come another meeting. And if you only come for bonding meeting, you say that girl, she should they play. Come pray, I meet you, see the same girl, they pray. You go say, you go no say, ah, like say, a chameleon, they change them. You can't know this church if you are not in every meeting. You can't know me if you, if you don't attend every kind of service. You don't know me. You don't know me. You, don't know me. you think you know me? You don't know me. You don't know me. There are ministries that are customized for some services. There are some realms of ministries that are not activated in some atmospheres. I'm teaching, for instance, I am not likely going to prophesy. I am not likely going to prophesy. But there are meetings that are designated for that kind of thing. You don't know me. You think I'm not anointed? You don't know me. <laughs> you know me. Are you listening to me? One of the things that seems to break my heart is that, you know, honestly, there are realms of the anointing that I move better in other places. And some of these things you can you can ask people like me that some who follow me sometimes outside. You will be embarrassed on your behalf. Our PJ. Our PJ. Our PJ, no. There are things I've done in places and the last time I tried it was here. And the response I got was a shut up your mouth response. You know, there's a way you can react, and the, the pastor knows all you are saying is shut up. Just be preaching. And I did it somewhere else. And the response was, give us more. Point I'm making is be available at every meeting, be responsibly available, be active in your availability. Be active in your ability. Don't be passive. Marking the attendance is good, but you can do better. That's not where it should end. Are you still with me? Yes, Number three here. Prioritize what your church is prioritizing. That's how to bond. Bond by, prioritize, by prioritizing what your church is prioritizing. What is important to your church? should be important to you. Show interest in what interests your church. Some of you, now only foreign meat now interest you. You know foreign meat? What I mean is that the food your mama cook, you know if you ever sweet for your mouth. Now the one way you busy cook, now you go sweet. You, you have not strained yourself. And in all honesty, it's not because your mother is a bad cook. It's just that your taste buds have been trained to appreciate only strange meat. And your mother cooks rice. You say, oh, I'll try. Then when you go to a place as a visitor, and they cook a rice as a food, you say, oh, what do you do? The problem is not the, the rice. The problem is your mind has a problem. You only appreciate strange things. Some of you are not interested in what happens in this church. It doesn't catch your fancy. There's also, if we call down fire from heaven, you say, what have have done it before? You, you can never be moved. <laughs> but if somebody brings down candle, I said fire, what, what is lesser than fire? Smoke, okay. If you go somewhere and I bring this book, you say, Ah, if you see the kind of thing that I'm on, brought, hey! Uh, 
what's in your church they bring down fire but somewhere else you go they bring smoke you are you have lost god you're like wow 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 <laughs> and i observe these things and i just laugh i laugh i laugh you are trained yourself. Only strange things appeals to you. Now, if we reciprocate that to you, how will you feel? If we say, we are only going to cater for you as long as you are strange. We don't have your time if you are not strange. Once you have a familiar face, oh, you are your own. How will you feel about that? How will you feel about that? If we, if we do see you finish anointing, say, we, are, we know you, we, don't, we have known you, we know you everything about you, we don't value you again. We are looking for fresh meat. How will you feel about that? Take interest in what your church takes interest in. What is shocking your church? Make it shocking too. Hello? Number four. Defend the unity of the church. Don't be a tool of division and disorderliness. When somebody comes to meet you and say, In that church, first ask, Which church? My church, your church, our church. Bring the person back to the senses. And what I'm trying to say is that, that church, don't say that church. Which church? You see, remember, it's not a remember that I'm a member, but. Okay, a member, okay. Oh, yeah, remember, don't say that church. Don't say that church. You don't tell your father that man. You don't talk about your father and say that man. That pastor. Who is that pastor? And you come to this church, you say that pastor. No home training. Rabbi Peter Labi used to organize a meeting once every year because it's spiritual home training and people need it. People are not trained. How can you belong to a church and then with a church and then treat them like that? Those? Them? In that church, there's no love. Why? Because Sister Binke said no to your proposal. We are not Sister Binke now. Give me a break. Hello. Are we sister Big My name is Judah. How many people be here, Big One person. <laughs> By the way, I hope there's no sister Big in this church. I've always seen that innocent sister. <laughs> is there a Big Bay here? Any Big Once I discover there's a Big I will be changing the example. Any Big first name or not middle name? Some of you have ten names. <laughs> Anybody here, Big first name? Nobody. So I can keep on with my Big examples. Not today yet. Good. By the way, when you give back to your children, give them scarce names. Before you hear another Perez, you go hard. Before you hear another Judah, you go hard. They give the common everyone called join together and communion name. I don't like it. Your, your name should have a unique flavor. My name is Judah. Eh? Judah. Never heard of it before. Yes. I'm special. I'm unique. I'm one in eight billion. So fine names. All of you, you are just so lazy. So you, you have to change your name. Because even in your family, four people are bearing that name. In family meetings, when they say, two in the, four people will stand up. What is it? Give yourself another name. <laughs> I, I am very proud of my name. Judah. I have an elder brother who is Joshua. That's a bit common. I have an elder brother who is Caleb. Caleb Joshua Judah. Well, I'm grateful that my, my parents gave us unique names. I have a Yoruba name, Olua Somi. That's also a bit unique. Amen. 
Defend the unity of the church. Do you know that sister? I was looking yesterday. She knows me. Say, come, 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 come. This is her number. Let's call her now. Let her explain why she did not answer you. Stop. Yes. By the time you call Sister you will discover that Sister was ill. She did not say who you were calling now. But then I say, eh, that's the Abima Bazabuna. She can't do Sakare. Don't let Satan use you. Defend the use of the church. Are you listening to me? That's how to bond. Don't be an instrument of division. That usher, she doesn't smile every day. Call the person saying that I come. Let's even go with the usher. Say, sister, we notice that your countenance is a bit bad. You may discover that that sister is going through hell. Somebody need to encourage her. Say, oh, I didn't know. We didn't know that this is happening to you. All oh, this why? Huh? You don't know what people go through. Are you listening to me? Everything you bad mouth. By the time you get there, we discover the people you are accusing. They are innocent. You just didn't know. The people you are accusing are innocent. My wife, when she's with me, she's always absent-minded. She loves her husband. So if I'm with her, she's always lost. Many times I want to tell her, somebody's greeting you. Say, oh, sorry. Good morning. Good afternoon. Because I don't want someone to say, happy ah, Jesus. She's not the bluff person. I get that three times. She doesn't want to answer me. And I know she can never do that. But sometimes she's just absent-minded and gross with what she's doing. So I'll tell her, onky, ima, onky. They are greeting me. That's what we call what we're doing. Just, we can answer them. Oh. Are you listening to me? Yes, Defend the unity of the church. <laughs> Every time bad news is brought to you, always believe and think the best about people. Think the best about people. Think the best. It may not be as bad as it's looking like. Give it some more minutes of contemplation, some patience. Contemplation. You might eventually discover it's not as terrible as it looks. Don't be an instrument in the hand of Satan to divide the church. Don't be a tool of division and disorderliness. Number five. Is that number five? Oh, wow. There are two more points here. Replicate the atmospheres of your church in your personal life. That's how to bond. Replicate the atmosphere of your church in your personal life. The, the songs we sing here, I pick them up, I go home in personal devotion, I sing them. That's how I bond with my church. That's how I bond with my church. The prayer point is raised here, I go back home, I pray it again. That's how I bond with my church. Replicate the atmospheres. <laughs> Some of you have successfully replicated atmospheres to such a point where nobody needs to ask you if you're a remite. Just know this is a remite person. He is a remite. Replicate the atmosphere. You sing, you may not sing the way our choir sings, but you know, with the same energy, with the same excitement, and sometimes the same songs. I always tell mentees and people who claim to be looking after looking up to me. Say, replication is the issue. Replication is the issue. If I pray, if I pray, if I preach, 
if I teach and you are really following me, there should be some elements of myself in you. Maybe not everything, but there should be some elements. If you are following me. The apostles stayed with Jesus. They bonded with Jesus. The proof of bonding was that they were carbon copies. They began to call them Christians, like Christ, like Christ. Bonding replicate the atmosphere. What do we do here in church? How do we pray? Some of the prayer points you raise in your personal devotion. If I hear them, I'll be, I'll be crying. Ah, is this how we teach you to pray? Is this how we teach you to pray? Hello? If you follow me closely, in the January personal prayer, you notice that some prayer points I don't pray. Even in the bulletin. Is is Rama Tapulo? I don't pray. I say no. This one. <laughs> we don't pray like this as Christians. <laughs> we don't pray like this. We skip his next prayer. Or let's not pray in tongues. We don't pray like this. There are some topics you don't pray. Yeah. <laughs> but if you are not learning, you will not understand. You don't understand imitation. You don't understand replication. You just let everything open your mouth back at that. And then when you start praying, angels will be laughing at that. Prayer will in by. My father, my father. My father, my father. Enemies of my father's house. Let them die. Now, wait. Listen to yourself. Listen to yourself. My father, my father. Every enemy of my father's house. Let them die. Are you praying unto God? Are you listening to yourself? Do you hear us praying a prayer here? Say your mother sends it to you. If your mother doesn't know better. Say, that's how we're teaching you. You are not bonded. You know, everything goes. Now, prayer, now, prayer, prayer, now, prayer. Some of us are caricatures. We look like seven different women. Scattered theology everywhere. We don't even know where you believe. What's your stand on something? We don't know. Because you are not bonded. Are you listening to me? One last point here. Publicly, publicly identify with your church. Flaunt your church. If you are bonded with your church, if I'm bonding with a lady and I don't flaunt her, I'm bonded to my wife and nobody knows my wife. They know I'm married, but they don't know my wife. <laughs> my wife was walking on the streets. During the January fasting, my wife always walked home. She didn't want to take bikes, so she would walk home, walk to and fro. So one lady saw her say, You look like that pastor's wife. Are you the sister? <laughs> you know, I don't know if that person is a church member, but I'm hoping she's not a church member. She's a church member. I'll say, can you be a church member? You don't even know your pastor's wife. You are not asking your pastor's wife whether you are the pastor, whether she's the pastor's sister. <laughs> Point is that if I'm bonding with her well, people should know who she is to me. Is that not so? If you are bonding with your church, people would. I mean, you will publicly identify with your church. People will know your church, will recognize your church. You will be an advertisement, advertisement to your church or for your church. That's not the bond. We don't want uh, Nicodemus disciples. It's a very irritating thing. Nicodemus disciples. Church and Mulobo, Loki, Niloki. That's why Nicodemus cannot understand simple concept of being born again. Is it Nicodemus that came in the ninth? Brother Nico, 
Nicholas is not you. I call you Nicole, but this one is Nicodemus. Loki, me, Loki. Pastor is my pastor, but Loki. Some of you are actually ashamed to go and say publicly, this is my pastor. Shame because I get small stature. Saying they catch you. You can't say it. You can't say it. Or because I never get car. <laughs> All those nicotines no go help you. Bond in a way that you publicly which I see in your worst of moments, I'm expected to still bond with you. To still identify with you. To still say I know him. He's a church member, yes. If they catch you, dream if the yes catch you. I go go they say I know him. Yes, I know him. That's what pastors are for. That's what the church is for. To defend us in our lowest of moments. Amen. But if you are ashamed of us, because like I said, we never blow. No, yeah, they do a low key. <laughs> you you won't get the best out of us like that. People who were disciples of Jesus, everybody knew them. Nicodemuses were not known, but they did not know better. They didn't understand many things. There were many things that disciples knew that Nicodemus did not know. Because they didn't need low key. You want to hide it. This is how to bond with your church. Is that taken? Yes, sir. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Turn to your neighbor again and say, I will bond with you. Bond with you. you are responsible for my welfare. Responsible. You will take care of me. Care. I will take care of you. And we go there all right. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Don't speak in tongues, so we are not praying. Listen. <laughs> Some of you, I always say, it's not blasting in tongues. Wait, we know we'll pray today. Like we did last week, look for somebody you have not spoken to before. Check, check this corner. We trust that you've been blessed by this teaching. We look forward to receiving your testimonies, prayer requests, and feedback. You can send us a mail at judamaye at yahoo.com. That is J U D A H. M-A-Y-E at Yahoo.com Till next time, remain in the consciousness of God's word and power. Thank you.